You're listening to a Pave Media show. Visit pavemedia.net for more podcasts and video entertainment. So, John, you've been on a diet of poo potatoes and rationed protein supplements for about 12 months. You then spent about 10 months on a cramped spaceship. What's the first thing you do when you arrive back on Earth? Uh, when did I leave? A year and a half, two years ago. Oh, okay. So in 2016? 2020, yeah, whatever, yeah. I don't know, probably turn on the news and go, fuck, Brexit's still going on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do? Um, I would oof, probably go straight to the nearest Apple store and see what's, current, what's currently there. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> what an upgrade it would be. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, and joining me as always is John. Hello. And this one's my choice this week, The Martian. It was, yes. I believe there's going to be a lot to unpack about this film. So I, I, don't, I, I would think so, yeah. So, so <laughs> we'll try and keep it brief, but we won't. Mm-hmm. What did you think of it? I really had a good time with this film. Yeah. I'll be honest, I went in with middling expectations. I thought you would. Yeah, because... I saw, it was, I saw that it was like two and a half hours long, and I was like, oh man, yeah. I, I don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah. I watched it like in the morning, because I, I ran out of time, so I had like very little time to watch it, so I was kind of mm-hmm. just not in the right frame of mind to enjoy a film, mm-hmm. and ended up being really engaged by it. So you watched it in the morning? Yeah. wasn't like you. No, no. well, I may or may not have been up all night on the Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, oh shit, it's morning, <laughs> and I need to watch this film, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, my, my sleep pattern's been weird recently. Um. <laughs> yeah, I've been away for two weeks, and I mean, obviously, I've not seen John in two weeks, but neither has any of our friends, because you bought yourself this switch, and it seems to be your new boyfriend. It has taken over my life a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I need to save Hyrule. It's, yeah. you know. What are you going to do when you run out of games? I don't know, walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's part of me that's really looking forward to that. What, going outside? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can understand why. Yeah. What you say it was it was two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. I think that this film is one of the rare occurrences where it's a film that's like, this has justified being the length that it is. It yeah. is a long film, but it's 100% worth it. It's very well paced. There's not a thing I'd cut out of this film to try and make it shorter. It's not a film where I'm like, well, if it was 90 minutes, it'd be better. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think the pace is very good. Mm. I would say that, you know, there's some bits in the middle that you could definitely cut. Like, there's, there's a whole, like, 40 minutes when... Matt Damon's just not in the movie, mm. in the middle, and I know it's important to like build I, up that I, plot. I think that's one of the the film's strong points. Not that forty minutes specifically. I don't really know what you're talking about, but the fact that it's not a one man show. No, I'm glad it's not a one man show. This film could have very easily been a one man show. Yes, and yeah, he's the only person on the cover. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think this film is it's an ensemble cast, definitely. It is, yeah. No, I, I appreciate that about it, definitely. I don't think it should have not been that. Because I'll be honest, all I knew about this movie going in was that Matt Damon was stranded on, on Mars and there's something about potatoes. <laughs> I'd heard something about the, the potatoes well, played a key role in this movie. It wasn't there just. Well, and, and they did. I was not disappointed on the potato <laughs> front. Um, but that's all I knew. Yeah. I knew Kristen Wiig was in it as well, because I remember from the trailer thinking, oh, yeah. oh, this looks like a really serious movie. Why is Kristen Wiig in it? Mm. Which I'm still not entirely clear on, but we'll get to it. 
I did think, oh, is this going to be like Castaway? Yeah. Uh, like it, it, it has elements of that. It's like Castaway, but not boring. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just thought that it was very, yeah, well paced. I thought I really appreciated the tone of this. Yeah, I was wondering, like, when that's what I thought was going to turn you off. And I realized while watching this, I think this is now my second or third time through it, that this is a film that I'm guessing either people really like or really don't like. Yeah, I can see that. And I see the majority of people seem to really like it. Mm-hmm. I know from my listening submissions. Yeah. I know, it's just a kind of humour that I could see being really annoying. Like, yeah. I'm going to science the shit out of this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's an awful line. <laughs> see, I liked it, though, because... Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. I felt like this film respected the intelligence of the person watching it, of the audience, mm-hmm. because it got really close to being Joss Whedon-y. Mm-hmm. And I like Joss Whedon, but it did, you know, sometimes it, his, his stuff is a bit like, quick, 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 quick. Mm. And it's a bit that, but... It didn't feel like he was stepping out of the character too much. Like sometimes you see those a lot of like sci-fi and action films, the characters will just be like cracking sitcom jokes, and it just yeah. feels like out of place. Yeah. Whereas this just felt like, oh, he's trapped in space, but he's also a person, and he has a sense of humor, mm-hmm. and it felt kind of consistent. And I kind of believed that that was just the character that he was just like was a bit of a nerd. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a scientist. I mean, albeit a nerd who looks like Matt Damon, which was a stretch. But ultimately, he's just this big old scientist in space, and he is in kind of enjoying. Sciencing the shit out of everything. And I really like... I like a film about smart, intelligent people solving problems yeah. in an intelligent way yeah. that doesn't require an alien invasion or a ticking clock or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, oh, here's a problem, I'm going to solve it. Mm-hmm. Because one thing I did notice is that the stakes in the film aren't that high. I mean, it is life or death. Y- yeah, they're high for Matt Damon, but it's sure. not... But it's, it's, not... It's, it's nowhere near the end of the world. No. And something that somebody pointed out to me after watching this, or some internet article pointed out, this is... A quite not I don't know, a serious action movie, but it's it's a big action movie blockbuster mm-hmm. where nobody dies. That's true. Nobody does die, do they? It's great. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and there's no villain or anything no. like nobody, nobody. That's what I mean. There's no, no, no stakes the, in that sense. The like. only villain is the weather on day one. <laughs> yes, exactly. If he if he dies, he's going to die of natural causes, mm. or worst case scenario, he's going to explode. Yeah, but like it doesn't overly sell the peril like at the beginning mm. of the film it's like kind of goes through all the ways he could die and it's like holy shit this is really dangerous yeah. but then it just kind of it doesn't forget about it but it doesn't like bang you over the head with it mm. he doesn't have too many near-death experiences it's mm-hmm. just kind of like well he's figured out how he to survive mm. and now he's just trying to solve all these other problems about how to communicate yeah. and like which i just loved all of it because they did it in such a way that they blended humor with seriousness so yeah. well for example that time when he's trying to make water Mm-hmm. And first time he does it, it explodes in yeah. his face, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious the way that he just then sits down in front of the video log <laughs> and he is smoking. Yeah, 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 it's just great, like it's just pure humour, but done in a really good way. It it's, is. It was just on the not, line. It's not till yeah. on the nose. It, it was just on the line of just almost. There were so many times when it could easily have just gone too far in one direction or the other, mm. but it just managed to stay at a level that I could really enjoy it. So yeah, I blew myself up. Best guess. I forgot to account for the excess oxygen that I've been exhaling when I did my calculations because I'm stupid. Yeah, I'm going to get back to work here just as soon as my ears stop ringing. 
So, do we need to do a plot summary for this? Uh, I think you should. You don't need to necessarily go scene by scene. Just no, but I think afterwards I'd, I'd like to go character by character and just talk about each person. Yeah, well, yeah we'll do it however, do it however you want to. The character is also well written. Um, mm. So, essentially, Mark Watney is a member of... Played uh, by Matt Damon. Played by Matt Damon. Is a member of six crew on the Ares 3 mission, which mm-hmm. they've uh, built a, a colony on Mars. I don't, mm-hmm. know, I don't know if you call it a colony, actually. They've been there 18 souls, which is, I believe, one Martian day. I was confused by the souls thing because... I don't think at every point that at any point they kind of told you how long a soul was until the end of the film. Mm. So that meant that the use of time I couldn't really follow. So I was mm. like, well, how long's he? How long's he been there? Well, yeah, how like, many souls? It, like, it, what's it, a soul? Like, I, do you know how long a soul is? I think it's. I think in the end it said he's been up there for two years or something. Did they? Something like that was it a year, two really? years. He was there oh, for actually, a while. Yeah, yeah, he was there. For, yeah, he was. Okay, that's that might be right. No. Um, let me just look up how much Martian, um, Martian day length. Is oh, it's very close. It's one day thirty-seven minutes. Oh, okay. So it's pretty much the same. They they they're saying soul, but it's yeah. They could have just said days. Cool. What what was I doing? Uh, so yeah, he goes up. Into- oh yeah, so I was doing a plot summary. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and so they're on a mission that they're supposed to live on Mars for like a month or two. Oh, it's, is that what it was? It's it's unclear. Let's like do some survey missions and mm-hmm. stuff. They'd been there eighteen days. Okay. I think a storm hits. Uh, which is quite significant, and it's going to tip over their uh, their launcher. So they all go to the launcher. Meanwhile, Matt Damon gets uh, gets skewered by the the only communication satellite, mm-hmm. which seems like something they should have thought of. Sure, you know if that one thing breaks. Mm-hmm. Oh, was that the only? I, did, I missed the fact that that was what hit. Yeah, him. I, was, I, was I, I only picked it up this time that okay. it was. So the, how was he communicating with them later? That's when he went and dug up that smaller sort of pyramid shaped thing. Oh, okay. Um, that was an old communicating probe. Oh, fair enough. Just like a Mars rover sort of thing. Okay, sure. Great. Um, from yeah, decades ago or something. Okay, right. Yeah, so the crew, the rest of the crew managed to escape on the rocket and go up and dock with their ship in orbit mm-hmm. and head home, um, presuming that uh, Matt Damon is dead. Yes. And um, yeah, then we cut down to NASA and uh, Jeff Daniels is doing a press conference just saying like, yep, uh, Matt Damon's dead. A very blunt press yeah. conference. I, I loved it. <laughs> Yeah. He, was, he was so confident it was great. Just like, you're going to retire? Nope. nope. Well, there's two. Yeah, there's the one where he just gives multisyllabic... An- no, not multisyllabic. The opposite. Monosyllabic yeah. answers to everything. It's just like, nope, nope, yes. Well, because he- people were asking stupid questions. Sure, yeah. But, I mean, he's still a professional. You know, you, you've mm. seen press conferences with politicians. They always waffle. You know, they never they never give a straight answer. But the fir- it, was, it was more the first one when he is announcing that the... A- incident has happened and that one of the astronauts has died mm. and he just does it in such a hilariously blunt way yeah. he just kind of says that uh, just so, to confirm he is dead yeah and that's he just keeps repeating he just says he's dead yeah. like it's just incredibly blunt at around 4 30 a.m central standard time our satellites detected a storm approaching the aries 3 mission site on mars at 6 45 the storm had escalated to severe and we had no choice but to abort the mission thanks to the quick action of commander lewis Astronauts Beck, Johansson, Martinez, and Vogel were all able to reach the Mars ascent vehicle and perform an emergency launch at 7.28 Central Time. Unfortunately, during the evacuation, astronaut Mark Watney was struck by debris and killed. Commander Lewis and the rest of her team were able to intercept safely with the Hermes and are now heading home. But Mark Watney is dead. So, yeah, they, they all assume that he's dead. They have a state funeral for him and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, at one point, one of the NASA workers, who happens to be uh, looking at the Ares 3 base, sees that their vehicle has moved. Yes. It's now parked in a different place. Mm-hmm. Because 
Matt Watney up on Mars is actually alive and he is now surviving somehow, doing these video logs and trying to work on his survival plan. Yes. He's worked out how much food he's got and how long it's going to last him. He also then works out he has potatoes. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he needs to find a way to germinate potatoes to grow more potatoes, because that's how potato farming works. He needs some soil, doesn't really have workable soil, Mm -hmm. uses a mixture of Martian soil and his own poo. And everyone Um, else's poo. And everyone else's poo, yeah. Yeah. To germinate these potatoes. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which... Well, because he's a botanist. Yes. I never knew until this and Sunshine that all space missions featured a botanist. Yeah, yeah I get it. Well, Apparently. somebody's got to take care of the plants, and the plants provide the oxygen. Well, I guess true, yeah. I just didn't realise it was such a big thing that, you know, botany was a big part of space exploration, but I guess... In, in sci-fi. I in mean, sci-fi films, yeah, I mean, yeah. so far, it's, you know, our, in our real-life space travel has not got to that level that we need uh, plants for long-term spatial flights. True, 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 yeah. You know, like the International Space Station is the... Uh, I assume the biggest or most in, most serious. Well, that's what I got. I, special I, equipment that we've got, and that just gets re, restocked. Mm. Well, that's uh, what I was thinking. I, I, this film made me wonder: like, does the International Space Station have a botanist? I don't think so. No, okay. So Matt Damon makes poo potatoes, lives off them for uh, for a while, gains communication with NASA through a probe that was uh, left on Mars a while ago. Mm-hmm. Back down on Earth, Donald Glover seems to be. Crazy, just living off coffee or something. Oh, Donald Glover was my least favorite part of this movie. Okay, cool. I and I really like Donald Glover. Like, I really like him in most things. He was in the wrong film. Do you think he was in the dumb sci-fi film that I was relieved this film wasn't? Mm, yeah, that's true. He's only in like three scenes, thank God. Mm. But the bit where he walks into the me- big meeting with Jeff Daniels, who's mm-hmm. like the head of NASA, mm-hmm. and just starts like throwing pens around and going <laughs> pew pew pew, and I was like, oh my god, it's like he's in the sketch parody of this film. Yeah, yeah, that that scene did feel a bit out of place because that was very much explaining a very simple thing. Yeah, that they would the, clearly the, already the, understand. Yeah. yeah, like they're the they're the big people of NASA. Like they understand slingshotting around things. Yeah, he could have just walked in and said, "Yeah, so we take the ship that's already heading back to Earth, mm-hmm. do one slingshot around Earth, stock it, and then send it off to Mars to pick up Matt." Mm-hmm. He was just yeah, different film. He was in the version of this film that was directed by. Michael Bay, I think. Also, I don't know if you picked up on this, the scene where we roll the coffee. Yeah. When he's just downing cups and cups of coffee. He's in a room with the classic sci-fi, I'm the science nerd who's going to save the day, blackboard full of maths equations. Ah, uh, yeah. Just covered. And he's, under, he's like asleep under it. And in the corner, like I paused it because I was like, oh, this looks ridiculous. And in the corner of it, it literally just says science and an exclamation mark. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Oh, I love that attention to detail. Yeah. But yeah, so he comes up with a plan. I mean, it shouldn't have been him that comes... It wasn't a difficult plan. No, that was it, the it, it felt like something they would have landed on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so they uh, they decide to do that plan, which means they need to very quickly build uh, something that can go and send some supplies up to the ship as it orbits Earth. Mm-hmm. They try and fail because they rush it, but then the Chinese... I, well, I watched it without subtitles recently, so I forgot what they said. But the Chinese, I believe, had the technology to do it, and so just said, "Yeah, you can have that." Yeah, it's like a it's a nice, uh, optimistic view of the world in which yeah. all the countries work together. Yeah, and so then it pretty much all goes to plan. Matt Damon uh, drives away to, uh, I believe, it's the Ares Four launcher that's just there waiting for the Ares Four mission to begin. Is this the next mission mm. that's scheduled for Mars in four years? Yeah. So essentially, the stakes at the beginning are he has to stay alive for four years yeah. to have any chance of being rescued whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they've sped it up, obviously, because now they know he's there. So yes, yeah. and they've been able to communicate with him and stuff. Yeah. yeah so he, uh, he he makes his way over there. Uh, by which point he has a body double. Mm-hmm. 
um, in which uh, he's very much not Matt Damon anymore, yeah. but he's only shown from the neck down. With a towel over his head. With, with a towel over his head, Oh, yes. that, was, that was funny. Because I was thinking, so the whole thing is... He... I mean, it was good, it needed it, because there was an obvious time jump at that point. Yeah. And it would have been weird if he was still looking as, as fit as Matt No, Damon. no, that was because I was thinking it, because they make a whole thing about how he has to harvest rations to survive, because yeah. his potato farm explodes, mm. so he doesn't have much food, and he's having to live on like these little stock cube-sized like, things, he's mm-hmm. got, like one of those a day of provisions. So like I was, a third of one of those a day. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, he should be like really emaciated by this point, mm. and... And then you see a back shot of him look, looking really bony. Like, oh, they did it. You really yeah. did. And then it's like, oh, no, that's not Matt Damon at no. all. And so he just puts a towel. It's so obvious. Like, they just put a towel over his head. He, he steps mm. out of the shower. The thing that really made me laugh is that, like, his face just obviously hadn't lost any weight. Like, yeah. It was like, yeah. it, was, it was Matt Damon. Like, yeah. it was Matt I Damon. Mean, he, he looked grim. Like, he'd, he'd stopped trimming his hair and beard. Yeah, for, they just made him look a bit homeless. For yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. Apart from, you know, doing the Iron Man stunt, he seemed pretty with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why he just let, let his hair and beard grow out so much? I don't, he, had I don't, to, he had to look crazy. I don't really know, yeah. I mean, he also clearly ran out of toothpaste, which uh, wasn't so pleasant to look at. No. So now I have to hold out until the probe gets here with more food. You want to see what minimal calorie count looks like? Standard issue ration. But instead of three of these every one day, I'm now eating one of these every three days. And now they've asked me to do that. The point is, stretch the rations four more days is a real dick punch. I'm, uh, I'm gonna dip this potato in some crushed Vicodin. And there's nobody who can stop me. Yeah, so he makes it to the rocket and he has to take a lot of it apart to shed some weight because mm-hmm. of uh, reasons. Well, the reasons they gave were like the ship with his crew on it that's coming to get him. Because it's going to be arriving at such speed due to their supplies or whatever, mm-hmm. it's going to be in quite a high orbit. Mm-hmm. And he needs his ship to go much higher than it's designed to do. Mm-hmm. So they just lose all the excess weight from it by throwing up five of the six chairs yeah, and all the windows and doors and the nose of the ship and everything. They basically cover it in a tarp. Well, they literally cover it in, in a tarp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, is, which is... This film was very good at, like, without being overdramatic, making you think, holy shit, that's scary. Yeah. Like, there were so many times I'd like, Jesus, he's going to space in a... Well, I think they say they send him to space in a tarp. I was like, mm. my God, that is really terrifying. Yeah. Like, there were many times when this film scared me and it's not... Mm. But like, uh, it's not like a scary film. But also, I love how how well they explained it. Yeah. When they were saying just like, yeah, well, the pressure's lower, the gravity's lower, and so mm-hmm. by the time that it would be a problem on Earth, mm-hmm. there's not enough air for it to be a problem. So yeah, that's just fine. That can work. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I understand that. Yeah. Not sure if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, Neil deGrasse Tyson came out after this film and said, yep, yeah, pretty much all the science in this is is accurate, apart from that storm at the start. Yeah. Apparently, the storm wouldn't have been a thing because, and apparently, the gravity is different on Mars. Like the pressure so there wouldn't would be. have been a storm big enough to knock over a, a rocket no no, no. Like i think there's a couple of little things yeah i i fully respect the film for still doing that because without it there'll be no plot yeah exactly i think they did as much as they could to stay scientific that made, that, that's, that, that's the fi in sci-fi yeah exactly yeah so uh yeah then he gets up and manages to get on board the ship mm-hmm. and um happily ever after yeah and then we cut to like i don't know 20 years later or something and he's, he's got terrible he's, hair yeah he does doesn't he <laughs> 
Um, and uh, he's now a teacher at NASA or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's... That's the plot, yeah. That's that. Now, so what do you think of each character? We know we talked about Sean Bean a little bit. Let's just delve into that. Okay, so yeah, Sean Bean is in this as one of the main NASA people. Mm-hmm. I think he's the head of the Ares missions. I just thought it was funny how Sean Bean just didn't even try for an accent. Yeah. Just was not even trying for an accent whatsoever. <laughs> he was just, you know, head of NASA is yeah. British. Yeah. Well, he's not head of NASA. Well, yeah. Head, yeah. Of, head of the head of NASA. Missions, but yeah. But also full on Yorkshireman. Yeah. You know. Ned Stark is basically running NASA at this point. <laughs> Yeah, because that's the only thing that's different about these characters. Pretty much, yeah. Well, he didn't die. Yeah, that was, that, that, that was something... He did I get was, fired, which I guess was the closest that character could realistically have gotten to dying. I was really hoping that there was going to be a joke at the end, because like this film is great for montages. Oh, it does have a good montage. I yeah. loved the montages mm-hmm. in this film. And there's one at the end where, I forget what song they're playing, but he has now left his job and he's playing golf or something. Oh, did you think he was going to like clutch his chest and just kill him? I thought, like... I thought it was just going to be a shot of his grave. Oh, really? It would, <laughs> it would just be hilarious. That would be good, yeah. It, it would. Even if, you, even if you don't know Sean Bean is this guy who dies in all the films, it would just sure. be like, well, that's a weird tone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fun. Annie will go before the media this morning and inform them of NASA's decision to reroute the Hermes to Mars. Sounds like a smart move. Considering the circumstances, whoever gave them the manoeuvre, they only passed along information. Crew made the decision on their own. You may have killed them, Mitch. We're fighting the same war. Every time something goes wrong, the world forgets why we fly. I'm trying to keep us airborne. It's bigger than one person. No. It's not. When this is over, I'll expect your resignation. I understand. Bring our astronauts home. What do you think of Jeff Daniels then? So you've already said you, you love all his monosyllabic tones. And... Yeah, well, that was pretty much all he did. He's the closest the film has to it. No, it's too harsh to call him a villain. Yeah, because he's, he, he's, he's working to the same goal he's, as well. Yeah, he's, just, he's, he's, he's just... more... It did make me think... He's, um, just, he's just doing it a bit more realistically. Yeah, I mean, exactly. He's the voice of reason in many ways. Because yeah. I just find myself thinking, like, how much... If this happened in the real world, like, the cost of saving what, like a single man's life, what, what would happen? Would they do it? Would they not? Like, Well, NASA is probably at that point putting its entire budget into saving him because if they're seen to not even try, then they're never going to get a budget again. Sure, sure, sure. That's pretty much the point that he was making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I bet you if it really Just like pub- publicity is a major thing for NASA because if people don't believe in it, then like, well, why do we fund it? What's, what's the point? It costs, <laughs> it, saying, it, it costs a lot and what do we get from it? Are you saying NASA is like fairies? <laughs> if you don't believe in them, they die. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. There's Jeff Daniels Tinkerbell, is this, this your yep, theory? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, sure. Um, but I was just thinking, like, if in the real world if this happened, I bet there'd be loads of protests. People would be like, well, all this money could save thousands of lives back on Earth. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a real debate. And But those are, I, I assume, protests that happen anyway. When we're doing, you know, things like the International Space Station, when we're planning missions to the moon, sending probes to Mars, and eventually sending people to Mars, mm-hmm. all that money could be gone to, you know, stopping many, many problems here on Earth. So, yeah, that's that, that, that's a problem currently, and it's... Not something to really touch on in this film. No, they don't, yeah. But then it becomes a very different thing if it's, oh, we've sent someone to some place and now we're just going to let them die. Yeah. Quite true. intentionally. That's well, yeah, that's true. Definitely something. Mm-hmm. But no, the film did it did really well to set up a quite a few little moral quandaries because they also have... Uh, so the crew of the ship that leave him, obviously it t- it's going to take them 
several years to get back to Earth anyway, and they're on their way home. Several months, but yeah. So, several months, sorry, to get home. And so Jeff Daniels, at, at a certain point, when they find out that Matt Damon's alive on the Mars, he makes the decision not to tell them mm-hmm. that he's still alive because he thinks that's there's nothing they can do to help him, which mm-hmm. is true at this point in the film. And he just thinks it would distract them. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of the other characters argue with him, but I kind of thought, well, maybe he's got a point. Like, maybe it's not helpful for them to know that right now. Yeah, I think he does. But also, well, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. And also, distract them from what? Well, he says they need their, their focus needs to be on them getting home safely. I mean, I don't know what's involved in flying a ship in a straight mm-hmm. line from Mars to Earth. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that it's not like a load of work for five people to be doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, anyone could do it. We could do it. <laughs> Easy. Well, it drives they, itself. Well, well, like they say that there's, you know, there's some minor course corrections and stuff. Sure, sure. Yeah. But I mean, how, how how distracting can it be to? Well, maybe he thought that they do what they do end up doing, which is try and go back for him. Mm. Maybe he was like, well, we don't want to give them that option. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But like, even then, they, they could only do that with a considerate amount of NASA's help. True, true, true. You know, yeah. Restocking, for for example. Yeah. No, I just thought, I'm not saying I agreed with him, but I just thought it was interesting that it had set up this kind of, without having, like, a villain. Yeah. Like, a, a dumber movie would have been like, oh, here's the evil villain, the corporate chill, you know, mm. the pen pusher, and he'll just be like, you know, money and process over over human lives, and everyone mm-hmm. has to, like, somehow defeat him. But it wasn't it wasn't that. It was just he, he was just putting a counter-argument forward, but ultimately mm-hmm. they decided on other things. So yeah. I just thought it was interesting. Like, yeah. It was a thinker, so... Um. Okay, so other characters mm-hmm. um, that, we, that I'd like to talk about. The the actual crew themselves? Yeah, the crew. What do you think of them? All way too pretty to be astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie. I know, I know. It, it just it just makes me laugh when it's like Jessica Chastain. Who's, she, she's always in films, she's always like a captain or something. She always seems to be like in charge. She, she's a very commanding she's good person. At, yeah, she's good at like, I think she's got like a deep voice. She's good at like that barking out commands. Yeah. I was watching this thinking, oh, if your career went a little bit south, you'd be really good on Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah she really would. <laughs> she'd be a good captain on Star mm. Trek. Right, you know. She'd be a great captain on Star Trek. She'd be. I mean, she wasn't a great captain on this, but she would be a great captain on Star Trek. I think she was pretty good. I think she made some terrible decisions. Like what? Well, she should have left straight away. Well, like at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Lots of times she... I'm, 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 she he- she hesitated way yeah, too Yeah, I'm long. spoiling one of my drinking games, but one of them is just drink every time she needlessly puts people's lives in danger. With bad decision making. No, I mean, that is the only time that she did it with her own decision. Mm-hmm. All the other stuff of like, are we going back for Mark and other stuff? They're all pretty unanimous decisions. I guess, yeah. But I, 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 I suppose didn't... there were some things at the end where she's like, you know, take me off the call, or I'm going to go and catch Mark. Oh yeah, she's like, I'm going to do it. It's too dangerous for you to do it. I'm going to do it. Like you're the captain. Delegate. <laughs> like maybe he's better at it than you. He probably does it more. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know. I mean, it works, but it was like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. As I, I didn't think she was a very good captain. But nothing to do with Jessica Chastain as an actress. I thought she was mm-hmm. great. But yeah, she always looked way too, like, perfect. Like, you know, the hair and the makeup mm-hmm. and everything. She looked way too pristine. I mean, I think Kate Mara looked the most Far pristine. too young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, is she, like, 20? She like, she didn't look experienced at all. No. Because she just didn't have wrinkles. No, no, she didn't look like <laughs> she, she... She looked perfect. Yeah, she did this. not look like she had spent like, several years in space, or mm. however long it was in space, at all. And then Sebastian stands in it. Apparently, yeah, he's so bland. I genuinely didn't realize he was in it until the film credits roll. It's like, oh, Sebastian Stan. Oh, he, he looks just like John Everyman. He's yeah. I think I might have a little bit of a Chris Evans syndrome with him. Whereas I finally figured out what Chris Evans looks like now. <laughs> but now Sebastian Stan's become famous. I'm like, oh, there's another one. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the plus side, he's called Sebastian, which is not that common of a name, so it's mm-hmm. not as yeah bad as when it was just like a sea of bland-looking Chris's. But I'm yeah. still like, I don't think I can place him. <laughs> he just looks like yeah, he's got that. 
hair and beard, mm-hmm. yeah, generic. People have called for him to, I mean, if Disney w- were to do it, if they were to do another Star Wars movie after mm. Episode Six, that he he could play Luke Skywalker. Really? Because if you actually look at his face, like if you just have him in the right sort of clean-shaven look, he actually looks quite a lot like young Mark Hamill. Didn't occur to me, but I don't know if I've ever seen him without a beard, so... Yeah, well, look it up. Okay, I'll look into that. But, yeah, did not need or care about the little love story in the middle. No, it was odd, wasn't it? It was like... What was it there for? We've not... Yeah, there's, there's a scene when he's, he was out on some mission, and Kate Mara... This is Sebastian Stan. And Kate Mara just kind of kisses his helmet and goes, mm-hmm. don't tell anyone, and then she floats off mm-hmm. seductively. I was like, this is like the second scene we've had you in in the whole film. Yeah. Why are we supposed to care about this? <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, the, I guess they get married and have babies and stuff. Okay. Mm. I didn't think I needed this plot line. <laughs> that, that could have been cut. That could have been on the, on the cutting room floor. But, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That's, that's fair. But yeah. also, it didn't take up much time. No, no, they didn't waste too much time on it. Mm. But it was still like, why is this here? Yeah. I was really glad that, that Matt Damon and Jessica Chastain didn't have a like relationship because I thought it was going to mm. maybe go there. And I was like, no, keep it professional. Yep. I was glad that that never became. A yeah, thing. it was purely just a captain looking out for a crewmate. Yes, which was was good. Yeah, I I, I appreciated her taste in music. So, well, what do you think of the soundtrack? Is oh, it, I loved it. You, I you danced me? twice. You dan- <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the soundtrack of this film. There's there's kind of two soundtracks. Yeah, there's this, the disco CD that he's got with him, mm-hmm. uh, which is great fun, and they use for you know some of the humor of this film. Totally. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest, I was kind of warm into Matt Damon's character, but then when he was like, I hate all this shitty disco music, I was like, you deserve to die. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to die now, mate. Like, if you can't um, appreciate Donna Summer and Abba, then... Yeah. You can imagine what he's going through up there. I mean, he's 50 million miles away from home. He thinks he's totally alone. He thinks we gave up on him. I mean, what does that do to a man psychologically? What the hell is he thinking right now? I'm definitely going to die up here if I have to listen to any more god-awful disco music. My God, Commander Lewis, couldn't you have packed anything from this century? No, I'm not. I'm not going to turn the beat around. I refuse to. Uh, what do you think about the, the other guy, the, the bald, slightly Russian-looking guy? Oh, I thought for like had nothing to do. No, I spent like first half of the film thinking it was Mark Strong. I was like, that, okay, yeah. yeah. I was like, is that Mark Strong doing like a weird Russian accent? And then no. it wasn't. It was just some Russian actor. I think. Mm. Yeah, no. I the, guess the, he was just there to represent a, a different country. I guess true. Yeah, him and Sean Bean. Mm. Um, so I guess it was an international thing. Yeah. yeah okay. Fair enough. I will take it back. Yeah. The only, the literally the only thing I remember about him is the scene when he gets the video phone call from his family, mm-hmm. and it's like. Jesus Christ, how many kids has he got? Yeah. You have like eight kids. Like, you shouldn't be in space. Why are you in space with eight kids? And then the uh, the, the final crew member, uh, Michael Payne. Oh, Michael Payne. Yeah, yeah, he was good. He mm. was fine. He he was he was definitely one of the. Oh, I'm I'm the quippy one. Right? He, yes, yeah. yes, he absolutely. Was. He was the, he was the he was there for bants basically. Yeah. And it was good bants. Officer bants. It was fine. It was fine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. One of my drinking games is drink every time he gets shit on. He seems like he's the boss of a lot of the jokes. Fair enough, yeah. But it, it seemed like him and Mark Watney just had that kind of... Like you and me, we just insult each other all the time. Sure, yeah. Just felt like that. Okay, yeah, I guess. But yeah, I did think it was funny at the end when... As you mentioned, there's like a montage at the end where it t- mm. tells you where they've ended up. And I think Jessica Chastain gets married and Kate Mara has a baby with Sebastian Stan. Mm-hmm. 
Matt Damon has a horrible headpiece on and becomes a teacher. <laughs> and then Michael Payne just goes back to space again. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. If this film made me think anything, it's like, Jesus Christ, I never want to be an astronaut. No, because also... A he, horrible job. He's got a wife and a kid. Yeah, he clearly does not. He was, he's running from every opportunity. Yeah. I was actually, I was very pleased that they didn't give Matt Damon a wife and kids. Yeah. It really cut out what would have taken up a lot of time on boring stuff mm-hmm. that I don't care about. Which like. Is- Sort of thing that Castaway did. It yes, like, exactly. Yeah, we're going to have an hour after the story's finished. Mm. Yeah, I've been re- yeah, exactly. Thank God Helen Hunt is not in this movie. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, and like he briefly mentions his parents, and so you know he, he does have people back home, but mm. you, you don't see them, they're not important. It just doesn't become a thing, because it's no. not important. No, it's not. That's not what this story is about at all. Mm. So, I mean, it, it humanises him, that he's got, obviously he's got people who love him, but mm-hmm. that's not what the film is. So yeah. I appreciated that, because that's the kind of thing, again, that would have really got ramped up. Yeah. I think I thought before going in, because I'd seen the trailers... I was under the impression that Kristen Wiig was going to be his wife. And then I was like, wow, she plays his wife in a lot of films. Because yeah. <laughs> like downsizing as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then she was a whole different character. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of the uh, Kristen Wiig? she anything to you? Uh, uh, so she is the media PR person for yeah. NASA. I think her role was not scientist. Yeah. <laughs> so that she could be in the room and everyone could explain the science stuff to the not scientist. They weren't so. doing much explaining to her though. No. To well, be honest. Well, I spent a lot of time thinking, okay, so she's the PR person. Like Her job seems to be like to spin the stories and control the press, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, why is this person constantly in the control room? <laughs> All of her job could be done by email. She could be in like a different office. Why is she always here? Because she's, she's not playing an active role in any of the actual science stuff. Mm. But she's always in the room. Mm. But, I mean, it was fine. Again, it's just so she can be there. Well, I mean, uh, maybe as the PR person, her job is to see what's actually going on and know everything mm-hmm. and just know what to uh, let out to the, to the press. Sure, sure, sure. Just being like, oh, wow, Mark Botney's alive and this is all happening. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I need to put the right spin on this. As opposed to have Jeff Daniels, for example, tell her what the right spin is because that's not his job. Sure, 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 like, yeah. He, he doesn't necessarily know what's best. Mm-hmm. I mean, bad example, because he seems to. Well, but, he's the yeah. boss, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he could tell her what to say, but I think she, she's... Yeah, she's more there from a PR perspective. Yeah. I think I just found Kristen Wiig a little bit distracting because it was Kristen Wig. Okay. Was just like, no, she was no, fine. I, I didn't. She wasn't, like, Donald Glovering it, where she mm. was like, oh, you're in the wrong movie. Like, she was fine, but it was just a bit like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of distracted by the fact that you're in this, because this film isn't really a, a you film. Mm. You know what I mean? Because she's very much a comedian mm-hmm. I don't know I did like her serious movie bangs yeah, yes, <laughs> she had a very yes. like serious movie haircut going on it was like yeah. I'm playing a serious role in this one so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm blonde and I have a very severe haircut mm-hmm. that I appreciate um, no I thought she was fine she's yeah. completely just whatever yeah. well there wasn't much um, to the character really okay this is a ridiculous small detail her dresses were fabulous <laughs> they looked really good on her like they were so well fitted never noticed they were really well fitted on her she looked very expensive I liked it mm-hmm. so anyway just put it out there great what the hell is Project Elrond? I had to make something up. Yeah, but Elrond? Because it's a secret meeting. How do you know that? Why does Elrond mean secret meeting? The Council of Elrond is from Lord of the Rings. It's Lord the meeting the where they decide to destroy the one man. We're going to call something Project Elrond. I would like my code name to be Glorfindel. Okay, I hate every one of you. We've uh, not actually talked about Matt Damon himself and his performance in this. No? What did you think? Uh, no, I thought he was good. I, thought, I know you have this like theory that I hate Matt Damon. I don't know where it comes from. Like we've watched a few really crap films that he was in, yeah. but I, I, yeah, I think that's probably it. Which yeah. is the last two films of his that have come out have been, been pretty terrible. But uh, you know, I, Mr. Ripley, one of my favourite films. He's, mm-hmm. I think he's great in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I thought he got it just right. Like I said, I mean, 
I think I would have liked it more if the film had people who actually looked like scientists, mm-hmm. which is why one of my favourite characters was B.D. Wong. Yeah, uh, no, Benedict, yes. Wong. Benedict, ben- Wong. Benedict Wong. Yeah, because he actually was the only one who looked like a scientist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was good. But, but yeah, Matt Damon himself, I thought he was fantastic in this. Mm-hmm. I... Not sure if I can think of somebody who who would have been better in the role, and I can't think of a better role for Matt Damon at this point in his career. No, but I would have been... It's not something I would really have imagined for him. Like, it's not like a huge stretch, but it's not really the kind of thing I thought he would do. But, not really. I don't know, because I, I don't really think of him as being funny. Mm. And yet, and this is quite funny, but not like... Not enough for like, it over to be the a comedy. Funny. Yeah, that's what I mean. He, he, mm. he gets the balance just right, I yeah. think, of being like a character with a sense of humour who is not a comedy character. Mm. So... I think that my favourite part of his performance for me was probably... Uh, actually, no, there's, there's a few bits. Like, there's that scene at the start where he does surgery on himself. Yeah. I think that he does that really well. He made some is, great faces. It is. His he, face he, acting was off he, the hook. He, he did, and it, it fitted because it made it just horrible to watch. Yeah, 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 sure. There's also the bit where he's, like, screaming in the um, in the vehicle because the crew haven't been told that he's still alive or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did that pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then I think that the, the best bit that he did was when he's... Uh, sitting in the rocket, just about to take off with a tarp over his head, mm-hmm. and he just lets out just a, a sob. Mm. Like, he just has a little cry to himself. Yeah, that was really nice. It was, yeah. It was a really nice touch. It didn't need to be there at all, but it was mm-hmm. just like, oh, I'm just saying goodbye to this point in my life. I may die in the mm-hmm. next few minutes, mm-hmm. or I will live. Like, mm-hmm. it's, this this is it. This is decision time right here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was just it was a sad little end to, the, to his story on Mars. Yeah, no, it was. It was. It was because again, it really made me think. Like, fuck, like that's a really intense situation to be in. Mm. I, I don't know. It really struck me because the, the film didn't like beat you over the head with it. I was just like, my god, the ice. It really unsettled me because I was very tired and like disoriented mm. from like having played Zelda for like twelve hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like, I was kind of like, fuck. Imagine if you did end up stuck on Mars and like the, the isolation. Like, mm. would be crazy. Like, how long do you think you could spend without literally with literally? No company whatsoever. I'm surprised they didn't try and make a Wilson character. Oh, I'm so glad they didn't. When's he going to start talking to these potatoes? I was, <laughs> was going to say, like a little Mars rover. He's got yeah. a remote control for it. I was sure there was going to be like a potato or something. <laughs> <laughs> or like all the potatoes. He becomes like the potato whisperer. Yeah. And then, you know, that's how he makes them grow. Like he really talks. <laughs> grow, my children, grow. Yeah. Well, they say if you talk to plants, you know. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, silly. Silly. Yeah. Do you want to do some drinking games? Uh, okay, yeah. Drinking games. Drinking games, right. So, drink for swear words. Okay. Because what? there's not... They're not, like, everywhere. It's not... It's Like, I recently watched The Hitman's Bodyguard with my dad. Mm-hmm. Didn't remember how, how much swearing there was in that. Was it uncomfortable? <laughs> A little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What's worse for you watching with your parents? Sex or swearing? Uh, swearing. Really? Mm. That's weird. Why? Well, it's because we don't really watch many sex scenes together. Oh, true. Okay. Yeah. But it ha- you know, in films. Yeah. And, when it, and when it happens, you just... You're quiet, you look the other way, mm-hmm. and then it's over, and then you just never talk about it. Oh, sure. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> Whereas with swearing, it it always comes up. Dad's like, must they swear so much? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you, you know what, well, fair enough. But it doesn't really bother me that much. <laughs> wow, your dad's lame. <laughs> <laughs> well, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> I didn't realise he was such a prude. Must they swear? <laughs> I always thought Mark was cool. That's a real letdown. <laughs> Do you not have a crush on him anymore? No, that's, that's kind of evaporated now. Okay. I can't no. be myself around him. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll let him know. I'll let I'm him down. Also <laughs> oh, swearing, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember any. I mean, I know there's, well, there's a like bit science where... of shit out of this. And, oh, yes. Okay, that's good. And yeah, there's a, there's a few other little bits like that where mm-hmm. a swear word will just become... Like, well, uh, for example, 
even written swear words. There's a bit when he's like apparently texting the whole world or something. Oh yeah, but you don't see what he said, do you? Because it's like they tell him that they've not told the crew, and then it's mm. like what he says back is unrepeatable. Yeah. Like, yeah well, like, then somebody does repeat it, but they just keep saying like f word, this f word. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. say drink for those. Yeah, yeah. Because no, they used to good comedic effect. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I would agree. Drink for exposition. Sure. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fine. It's. I mean, it's like ninety percent of the movie. Yeah, it's a very exposition you <laughs> But it works well. They do it really well. Yeah. What did you think if the... it's not like M Night Shyamalan's exposition? No, no. no. Could you... you imagine? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of this, I was thinking, wow, Ridley Scott directed this very well. Mm. I, I did find myself thinking a lot. What if, what if other direct? I didn't think of Shyamalan, but I did start thinking, like, what if, like, say, like Michael Bay directed this, and it was just a silly action film? Mm. Or what if, what if Spielberg had done it, and it would have been like, oh, he's definitely gonna have a wife and kids there. And oh, she's okay. gonna have the whole movie. Like, yeah. You know. So yeah, I think Damien Chazelle. Damien Chazelle, it's, it's starring oh, Ryan God. Gosling. Yeah, I did think like this is fucking hell. This is like first man done well. Like, yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah. that that did cross. I wrote that down actually. This is like a non-boring, also not true mm. first man. Yeah, but yeah, like Ron Jesus. Howard. What do you think he would have done with this? Obviously, he did Apollo thirteen. Yeah, maybe because that's a good film. I get it. Mm. Probably would have been more sentimental. Mm. Well, I liked the lack of sentiment. Yeah. Okay, so my next one is Drink for references to other films, uh-huh. such as Iron Man, uh-huh. um, Lord of the Rings, mm. and, uh, well, not film, but Happy Days. Drink for Disco. Yeah. I, I danced when Waterloo kicked in, and when I was survived at the end. I don't remember. Sofa boogie, it was great. <laughs> yep, great. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got exactly Drink for Disco as well, mm-hmm. those words. Drink anytime anything goes wrong. Sure, yeah. Like when the potatoes explode, or... Yep. When the potatoes explode, when like the storm hits, mm-hmm. um, when uh, I don't know, there's not really a lot that goes wrong, to be honest. No, that's what I mean. Like it's it's interesting that like the film set is set up by this terrible storm hitting and nearly killing him, mm. and you think, well, there's going to be a second storm in the in four years. You mm-hmm. know, that's going to happen again. Nope, mm. it doesn't. He's just fine. I did like how many things just weren't ever a factor. Mm-hmm. Things like yeah, he's never going to run out of water because. Yeah. NASA just got that technology down working really well. Yeah. Oxygen, almost never an issue, apart from just like occasionally smashing his helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just things like that you just never really had to think about just because it, it all did a lot so of well. like not Chekhov's guns, like fake Chekhov's guns. What do you mean? Well, you know, Chekhov's gun is like if you see the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when he digs up the isotope thing, the huge radioactive mm. thing. And it's like, well, as long as this doesn't get damaged in any way, then everything's going to be fine. And then he actually laughs at himself and says, I just said everything's going to be fine. Of yep. course it's not. And I was like, okay, so at some point that's going to start leaking or something. Yeah. Nope, it's fine. Yeah. And like you said, at the beginning, he goes through all these things that could kill him. He's like, well, you know, if the oxygen runs out or if I starve to death or mm-hmm. if if the pressure changes. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, and all these things, I was like, well, in any other version of this film, they'd all be actual dangers, mm-hmm. but none of it happens. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much, once he's figured himself out, He's pretty fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This film could have been a lot more stressful. It really could, but I'm glad it wasn't. Mm. Like I, said, I just liked, I'm, I'm, I'm repeating myself, but I just really liked the fact that he was just a smart guy fixing things, just figuring stuff out, and that yeah. was the movie. Yeah. I wish more movies were like that. Yeah. It's very entertaining to watch. Smart people being smart. It's, it's so entertaining. It's satisfying. It's mm. a satisfying experience. It makes you to feel watch. really good about yourself. Yeah, true. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm following this. Mm. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Drink every time Jessica Chastain is a bad captain. I mean, I've covered that, but yeah, she sure. makes a lot of questionable decisions. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, my next one you've kind of already covered, but uh, drink for any long explanation of a fun technicality. Okay, give me an example. Uh, that time when he works out that he's a space pirate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also that time that he says that, like, I now own Mars or something. I've yeah. colonized Mars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and everything is just like, so due to this rule and this rule and this mm-hmm. loophole here and this technicality, I'm a pirate. 
or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's just yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It, 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 it was all consistent with his sense of humour, which yes, I liked. It, yeah. it, it just felt like, oh, he's just a guy who's got kind of a dry sense of humour and he's just mm. in... You know, you'd have to make yourself laugh, otherwise you'd just go nuts. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about laws on Mars. There's an international treaty saying no country can lay claim to anything that's not on Earth. And by another treaty, if you're not in any country's territory, maritime law applies. So Mars is international waters. Now, NASA is an American non-military organization. It owns the HAB. But the second I walk outside, I'm in international waters. So here's the cool part. I'm about to leave for the Scaparelli crater where I'm going to commandeer the Ares 4 lander. Nobody explicitly gave me permission to do this, and they can't until I'm on board the Ares 4. So that means I'm going to be taking a craft over in international waters without permission, which by definition makes me a pirate. Mark Watney, space pirate. Okay, so that's Drunken Games done. So before we get to some sequels, I'd just like to let all your listeners know that we are on Patreon.com. So if you've enjoyed the episode so far, or any previous episodes, um, then please go to Patreon.com slash BeyondTheBoxSet, and you can support us there for as much or as little as you like. And no matter how much you donate, because it's pay as you feel, um, you get all the bonus features, which include a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, where we review uh, cinema releases. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just recently finished our Oscar season, where mm-hmm. we... Went through all the best picture nominees and a few others, mm-hmm. a few other favourites, and uh, yeah, that that was all a very good time. It was, yeah. And uh, now it's over. And now it's over. Now, now, now we just wait until next year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. The, the, the summer blockbusters are a, are, yeah, are, 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 are a good season. Some, I'm looking forward to seeing some like lighter films, definitely. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what else do we do? Uh, every patron once a month gets to have a 30 second advert slot on the show. Mm-hmm. You can advertise anything you like. Can be. Do I noticed earlier, John? You seem to have three washing up liquids on the go. Oh, so yeah. clearly, John really likes washing up liquid. I would highly recommend you get fairy washing up liquid. <laughs> um, I believe John would recommend so too. Yeah, I mean it does the job. Yeah. It's just it's just better. It's it mm. it, it gets rid of grease faster. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to use less of it so it lasts for longer. John, John, happens, yeah. John doesn't seem to really really understand that. He's got three. <laughs> I think I was running low on one bottle, and then I replaced it, and then I forgot I replaced it and replaced it again. So then. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you never put anything away on your counter. No, that's true, yeah. Will you please stop criticising the way I live my life, please? Okay, fine. <laughs> um, and it, as, as, as a compliment to John, he never has dirty dishes. Thank you, you're right. Mm. No, I don't. Yeah. Um, whoa, 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 what's, what, what's, what's next? Oh, yeah, and uh, once a month, we will have a Patreon pick a film for us mm-hmm. to do on the main show. If you want to do something that has sequels already, then we'll do that on a bonus show, but either way, you're allowed to guest obviously, mm-hmm. um, because guesting is great. Yeah. So all that's available at patreon.com slash beyondtheboxer. Hi, I'm Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat podcast, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. I speak to a wide variety of guests, from travellers to musicians, to those afflicted with mental or physical illnesses. There's really no subject that's off limits, from movies to politics, and even controversial topics ranging from sex to drug reform and political correctness. So if you still believe in the art of conversation, are intrigued by healthy debates with different ideas and perspectives you may not have thought of, and want a podcast where every episode is about something different with a variety of guests, then this may be the podcast for you. You can hear us on YouTube and all your favourite podcast apps, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. So if you want to hang out and listen to honest conversations with interesting people, then come to Genuine Chit Chat, where I'm your host, Mike Burton. All right, so, John, do you want to do the first sequel? Uh, Sure, yeah. So we mentioned earlier that this film has a lot of connections with 
the Marvel Cinematic Universe because mm-hmm. it's a big cast. Mm-hmm. Also has a lot of connections with another film, a film that we did very early into this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, a little film called Interstellar. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yes, it definitely uh, does. Which also stars Matt Damon as a, uh, a scientist who gets lost in space. Mm, abandoned on a planet. Abandoned on a planet, yeah. basically, yeah. There was a meme that went around when The Martian came out which was quite funny, which was like, uh, how much money has the US spent on trying to rescue Matt Damon? Because <laughs> it was like, this interstellar saving Barrett Ryan. Yeah. There's lots of films <laughs> yeah. where Matt Damon is lost somewhere or kidnapped and the, yeah. the, the American government spends a lot of money trying to get him back. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's... He is a fair. liability. Yeah. <laughs> Never take him on a mission. Did you know that I saw Matt Damon on uh, the Graham Norton show... Mm. Um, after whichever film came second, The Martian or Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the Martian was more recent, I think. Okay, cool. And uh, he said that it was one of the longest gaps he's had in his career between films. It was something like two years, okay. I think. What, between The Martian and Interstellar? Yeah. And he did nothing in between? I think so, yeah. Right, he took um, a break, okay. And, uh, yeah, he suddenly found that he just got typecast because he was just playing the exact same character. <laughs> um, he just found it really weird. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> So I thought maybe I can draw a little connection between these two films since mm-hmm. they have basically the same plot or very similar yeah. points. I guess it's kind of a direct sequel. Mm-hmm. So it opens and we're going to replay the last maybe five, ten minutes of the movie The Martian. Mm-hmm. So when he shoots up into space and he passes out and then you know, he flies like Iron Man, Jessica Chastain rescues him, pulls him on board the ship, mm-hmm. they go home. He has this lovely happy ever after you know, montage where he gets to, you know, everyone has a happy ending and he gets to be a teacher and you know, all and he gives a very you know, trailer friendly speech. You mm-hmm. know, uh, so you see all of that, and you cut back to the spaceship again, and you realise that none of that actually happened. Right. What actually happened was that when he passed out, he fantasised about all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that that was him fantasising about his rescue and stuff. What actually happened was the the Mav. That's what it's called. The, oh yeah. The, the motor. I don't know what is Mav. I don't know the Mav that he's in that he's gets shot in. That's basically just like a bit of metal with a tarp over it that he, mm-hmm. he gets shot up into space so that they can catch him. Basically, that's how they rescue him from Mars. Mm-hmm. It misses completely. Right. And so the crew, Jessica Chastain, Michael Pena, and Co, are just forced to watch in horror as he basically drifts off into the atmosphere and mm-hmm. is never seen again. Mm-hmm. End. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's it. They can't, they fail to rescue him. And he gets he drifts off. So as he drifts out into the atmosphere. A wormhole opens and mm-hmm. uh, sucks him in. Okay. So then there's going to be a whole like wormhole, you know, weirdy wormhole montage, I guess. He wakes up as the black hole wormhole spits him out and he crash lands on a cold, inhospitable planet. Mm-hmm. You might start to see where this might be going. I mean, d- sorry, did you already tell me where it was going first? I think I might have already yeah. dropped some heavy hints <laughs> where this is going. But anyway, <laughs> so he wakes up in this kind of cold, inhospitable planet. And at this point, he's kind of already gone a little bit mad. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had a very stressful... Well, two years. Yeah. He's lost his last chance of being rescued, obviously. Mm-hmm. And now he's, like, stranded on another shithole planet. So he goes looking for shelter, and he discovers a small outpost. So he investigates, and he discovers that it's not entirely dissimilar to the shelter that he left behind when he was on Mars. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar, just a, you know, kind of a little science base thing. You know, obviously a temporary base that's been set up. Yeah. He bangs on the door, which opens, and uh, he's greeted by himself. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice, okay. Yeah. So now he's convinced he's gone nuts. Mm-hmm. Right? And the other scientist, the other Matt Damon, mm-hmm. is equally surprised. Mm-hmm. But he introduces himself, not as Mark Watley, but as Dr. Mann. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Mann, if you don't remember the plot of Interstellar, mm-hmm. which is obviously what I'm crossing over with here. <gasps> no. I know, right? <laughs> Talk about a curveball. Um, 
So in, in Interstellar, Matt Damon plays Dr. Man, who is a character who volunteers to be shot into a wormhole mm-hmm. to try and find a habitable planet that Earth can recolonize because Earth is becoming uninhabitable. Yeah. So anyway, so that's this Dr. Man. He introduces himself, tells his backstory about what, how he went for the wormhole, went looking for a habitable planet. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it landed on an icy wasteland that's not habitable for humans at all. And he's now trapped here forever, as per the terms of his, you know, agreement. Mm-hmm. Basically, they all volunteered, and it's kind of like, well, if you land on a planet that's habitable, great, we'll come rescue you, and we'll welcome live happily ever after. If you don't, it sucks to be you. Yeah, that was basically the situation in Interstellar, and he got he got a raw end of that deal, mm-hmm. so he ended up stranded on this planet forever. So after the two of them kind of science the shit out of the situation a little bit, <laughs> okay, they deduce that they must be alternate universe versions of each other. Mm-hmm each somehow doomed to be stranded alone for eternity, but miraculously brought together by the wormhole. Okay. So, man welcomes Watney to stay with him, because at least then they'll be able to keep each other company during this kind of eternity of solitude. Uh, and they spend a few months living together in this little science survival shelter. Mm-hmm. But the stress of the failed rescue mission, and the fact that he now has no possibility of getting home whatsoever, has left Watney, the, the, the Martian version, quite deeply psychologically damaged. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's a little bit, you know tightly wound and generally you know on the edge yeah worse still dr man is a huge fan of disco music <laughs> which he plays all the time okay all yeah. the greats he loves abba he loves donna summer he mm-hmm. loves uh, the Bee Gees, mm-hmm. everything so he's constantly playing disco music which just drives watney completely insane mm-hmm. and just absolutely on edge yeah so in desperate to get away and not spend the rest of his life in this terrible hellish situation Watney starts trying to rig up some kind of distress beacon so he can maybe signal if anyone could potentially hear him that maybe they could come and rescue them mm-hmm. so he starts using his science abilities he sciences the shit out of it science abilities his science abilities yeah yep. I'm sticking with it mm-hmm. uh, so he starts trying to build some kind of you know distress beacon uh, whenever he mentions it's a man however man gets very evasive and tries not to get involved he doesn't really help out at all mm-hmm. uh, so he doesn't like forbid it but he's just like yeah that can be your thing he doesn't really engage with it particularly mm-hmm. so after months of like trying and failing to get this device set up because he's a botanist he's not you know building communications devices isn't, isn't like his number one field of expertise so mm-hmm. yeah so after months and months of failed experiments Watley gets a little bit stressed out and he confronts Dr. Man about his refusal to cooperate. He's like, why aren't you helping me? This, this could save both of us, you know. And eventually, Man cracks and reveals that the outpost is already equipped with a fully operational <laughs> communication system. Great. But he can't use it because the mission he volunteered for, as per Interstellar, mm. explicitly stated that he was only allowed to signal Earth if he landed on a planet that was hospitable. Mm-hmm. So, as he hasn't landed on a hospitable planet, he's just resigned himself to living out his life in solitude. Now with his disco-hating doppelganger as his only form of company. Uh, so the revelation that uh, Watney could have called for help at any time, mm. you know, he just that's a big reveal, just shatters his already fragile mind. Like, that just tips him over the edge completely. Yeah. And he goes nuts, and he murders Dr. Man. Mm-hmm. Like, beats him to death or something. Yeah. Or strang- maybe he strangles him. You know, he just, like, grabs him by the neck and just, like, pure rage, you know. So he does that, he kills him. Okay, so you've, you've already missed a bit that I was hoping you were going to do. Okay. Um, you remember Alien Covenant, don't you? Yeah. Have Michael Fassbender in that? Oh, uh, sexy flute scene. <laughs> oh yeah, we could definitely have a sexy flute scene. Yeah, I was looking for something there. Yeah, I did think about that. Like, I guess he'd, he'd have sex with himself at some he point. Need some company. Yeah, yeah. he'd definitely have sex with himself. Mm. Always only options. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, we can have that. We, we can have that in definitely. Great, thank you. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon having sex with himself. It's all I've wanted. Good, I thought so. Um, <laughs> 
Anyway, so he kills man and disposes of the body. Mm-hmm. And then he figures out the communication system himself that he just figured out exists. And he falsifies the data to claim that the plant he's on is actually habitable. Mm-hmm. And he calls out for anyone who receives the message to come and collect him. And then he puts himself into cryogenic sleep and waits to be rescued. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen Interstellar, you'll know what happens next. Yeah. After several years in cryogenic sleep, he's discovered he's woken up by Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. And he keeps up the pretense that he's Dr. Man, that mm-hmm. the planet is habitable. Yeah. But then, ultimately, because he's already gone a bit crazy because of the whole, you know, all the stress of the situation and being a murderer and going through a wormhole and everything, mm-hmm. he attempts to kill them too and escape in their ship to try and get home somehow. Not the best false out plan in the world, <laughs> but that's what he goes with. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as Perry and Stella, he almost kills Matthew McConaughey, but fails. Then he steals the ship, tries to dock with the main ship, and does it unsuccessfully. And is uh, blown up and blasted into space where he dies. Which is a pretty horrible end since the whole film, The Martian, was what, that was what he was trying to avoid and that's where he ends up. Hmm. So, yeah. And they lived happily ever and they after. Lived ha- well, well, I guess they didn't <laughs> win the start, sort of, didn't he? he didn't, though. Oh, great. Cool. I was trying to figure out a way to make bring Jessica Chastain into it as well because she's also in Interstellar. Yeah. But then I was like, it's, well, it's difficult though. Yeah. Well, she doesn't really communicate with Matt Damon's character at all. No. They're not related in any way. No. But I guess like she's just an alternate version, version of herself too. Yeah, that works. Maybe we'll do a, a little scene in the Martian universe and we'll see that in that universe, uh, Jessica Chastain's dad is played by Matthew McConaughey in mm-hmm. some kind of terrible age makeup. <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was it. Just thought it yeah, very nice. They've got a title? I don't know. The Martian 2 Interstellar. Great. Not, 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 not really thought <laughs> that through. Cool, well, mine does have a title, so oh, you've good, got something good. for your episode title. Oh, good, good. So, uh, mine, is, mine is called The Martian 2, Life on Mars. Life, oh, very good, okay. Obviously, there will be the David Bowie song at some kind of a montage. Mm-hmm. So, this one is going to pick up much the same as the sequel, though. Okay. Um, it's going to be in a Mars base called the Ares 5. In a Mars, so it's on Mars, mm-hmm. and it's in a base called the Ares 5, okay. Yeah. So, we're on the Ares 3 in the Martian, we've gone two bases up. Okay, sure. Um, so this is sometime years years later then? Yeah, a couple, couple years later. I'm not sure okay. how many years, but some years later. Mm-hmm. There are six crewmates. Uh, they're going to be played all by people who have been in Marvel films. Oh, okay. Just because that seems, seems, seems to be the, the yeah. theme with this. So the captain is going to be uh, Kobe Smulders. Oh, yeah. From How I Met Your Mother and... Um, what's that thing she's on there? Friends from College. Oh, okay, sure. What's she, what's she in the Marvel Universe? She is Agent Maria Hill... Um, they're not all A-listers, by the way. I was going to say, clearly. <laughs> um, she's in the Avengers films. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, so th- there'll be Brie Larson there as well. Great, okay. Uh, Don Cheadle. Okay. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Sure. Because she's good. She should be in more things. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially in roles where she's not just playing a voice. Yeah. Like she's in Star Wars. Returning cast member, Michael Penner. Okay, he's still on that mission. Okay. He still hates his family. Sure, great. Even more so. <laughs> and uh, finally, I wanted to cast someone who's not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but a classic... Toby Maguire. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not like he's not been in a lot recently, and, I, I and I'm and I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not bothered not either. Bothered. I don't miss him. <laughs> no, no. I don't think many people do. No. He's not that beloved. Well, it's you know, remember in um, that film Molly's Game where Michael Sarah played that. Oh yeah. That <laughs> arsehole poker player, and it turns out that that was actually based on the real life Toby Maguire. Yeah. I mean, that's why he doesn't wear very much anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we get a bit of a show around the new Ares 5 base, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, way more advanced than Ares 3, and is actually designed primarily by Mark Watney. Okay. He's which, not there though, right? No, he, he's not there on this, on, on this crew. Because if he goes back, he's crazy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but no, he, he's designed the new base just to be okay. like, oh, well, these are all the things that were wrong with the old base. Sure, and yeah. whenever they went wrong, I, could, I really could have done with things like a vegetable garden built in, mm-hmm. complete with safe ways to create extra water, a compost toilet, mm-hmm. rather than just like throwing all your poo outside. Yeah. Just 
you know, reuse it. Mm-hmm. Access to Spotify. <laughs> built, built in Spotify and Netflix in every room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, multiple airlocks made of much higher density material. Mm-hmm. So that if one breaks, it's not going to destroy your entire crop of potatoes. Yeah. Oh, and more than one communication system. Good. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Just in case. So, yeah, the base is designed to support six people indefinitely. Okay. So, forever. It, it, it works. But they're as... not there forever. It's just like a backup in case something goes wrong. Pretty much, yeah. But they're there to eventually expand into you know a full-on colony as, as a small city on Mars. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they're kind of setting the... Set... The groundwork? Yeah, setting the groundwork. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, Michael Penner hates his family. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so as seems to happen on Mars... A storm hits, um, a storm twice the strength of the Watney storm. Okay. So Captain Smulders orders the crew to evacuate. Mm-hmm. And so they all suit up, link each other with a cable mm-hmm. so that none of them get lost. Okay. It's just called Captain Smulders. I'm just not... What, do you want me to make up names for people? No, 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 like? sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they'll make a dash for the rocket, climb in, take off without a problem. Okay. It's fine. You, you, you think it's all fine. So no one's left behind. No one's left behind. Okay. There's not been any accidents so far. It's just like, you know, abort. You know, we're going home. We're safely going home. It's all okay. fine. Now, during their ascent up through the storm, some of the alarm bells start going off. Okay. As uh, something has gone wrong. Engines start failing. The ship starts to lose its course and uh, quite quickly starts to break apart. We see, looking down at the crew in their... You remember that shot of looking down, you see all six of them just leaning back on their chairs. Oh, yeah. Classic um, space... Yeah. Shot, yeah. Uh, we, shaky cam. Yes, a lot of shaky cam. Yeah. We, we see like, the windows start to crack and fall apart, and at the last moment, the captain pulls the abort lever, mm-hmm. um, and all six crew are ejected from the ship in opposite directions. Oh, okay. Seconds later, the ship fully explodes, and we cut to black. Oh, wow. Now, back down on Earth. So they've ejected in... They, they've ejected, they're like, most of the way up to the atmosphere. They're essentially just doing a, uh, a big parachute jump now. Back um, to Mars? Back, yeah, back to the Martian surface, because their okay. rocket was about to explode. Okay. Cut back to Earth. Okay. And uh, we see that instead of in the Jeff Daniels role, we now have uh, Mark Watney. Oh, okay. He's now become the head of NASA. Yeah. I mean, I would say he's in the Sean Bean role. Oh, sure. Okay. I think that kind of, that lines up nicely. Yeah, sure. More yeah. of a consultancy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I could see him being like the head of the Ares missions. Sure, sure, sure. But he's not necessarily the guy who can do all the publicity and be the head of NASA and talk to the president and stuff. Uh-huh. Sure. Okay. Anyway. So he's doing a press conference, which basically goes the same. Mm-hmm. He says they've lost contact with the crew of the Ares 5 after a storm hit. Um, their satellites can see that the crew attempted to take off, but the ship failed to achieve orbit and crash-landed several miles away from the Ares 5 base. Mm-hmm. He then explains that uh, they are working under the assumption that the crew ejected from the craft safely before explosion and NASA are already planning a rescue mission. Okay. So they do not currently expect anybody to be dead. Okay. Is this a reverse where they are actually all dead? No. <laughs> An end of story. Very depressing. Um no, so, by the way, this story is just a stream of thought. I don't know if it actually works as a decent pitch, but we'll see. Okay. Um, so, cut well, back... So far, you set something up, you know? Yeah. Um, cut back to Mars. Okay. Um, we pick up with with uh, Michael Penner's character. Okay. Uh, he wakes up in the Martian sand, tangled in a parachute. He looks around, sees it is on his own, bar a few pieces of broken ship, and he says, shit, I've become Mark Watney. <laughs> Uh, we follow him as he walks back to the base, um, which uses up all his oxygen. Maybe like his suit's breached or something. Uh-huh. Um, and he rides back crawling and uh, passes out just meters from the front door due, okay. to, due to lack of oxygen. But he does get in. Shortly after, the front door opens and Brie Larson runs out, okay. drags him in. As soon as the room is pressurized, she removes his helmet, starts performing CPR. He comes to, but due to his oxygen-deprived brain, you know, mm-hmm. for, a, for a few minutes, he mistakenly takes his most recent thought a bit too seriously 
and now purely believes that he is Mark Watney on oh. the Ares 3 mission. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm. So this isn't going to be the main plot. That's just going to be a whole sort of background comedy thing. <laughs> so there's going to be bits where Brie Larson's like doing a video logs. Mm-hmm. And like in the background, we'll see Michael Penner just like squatting over a box of potatoes. Okay. And other stuff like that would be things like, say, he just loses control at one point, goes outside, digs up a nuclear reactor, brings it back inside. And he's just like, you know, warming his hand around it. Even all the heaters are working and everything. Sure, sure, sure. He's just... You know, doing these things. Ah, oh, at one point, yeah, he uh, he gets a bit thirsty and uh, just explodes a barrel of rocket fuel just to try and get some water. <laughs> it, it doesn't work. He loses no. his eyebrows. <laughs> Permanently. He sounds like a liability. <laughs> he, he, at this point, he is, yes. Okay. So in the meantime, Bree tracks down the, the locations of the rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. She finds Don Cheadle has made his way to the Ares 6 launcher. Um, where he is, uh, he's currently living, waiting for the rest of the crew to come to him. Okay. She finds the captain and Lupita Nyong'o. They've landed quite close to Mark Watney's original base. Okay. Um, and have set up camp there. Uh, because they're women, they are way better at finding things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have actually found that in a storage unit behind the base, there's a few tons of earth soil and loads of seeds. Oh, great. So that saves the whole poo potatoes thing. Good. Yeah, we they, they've now got a very successful vegetable garden of, you know, cauliflowers mm. and courgettes, broccoli, and it, like it's, it's going very well. I did think I could have watched a whole movie of him just like being a botanist. <laughs> like, I, was, I found that really satisfying. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever, whatever turns you on. The group is nearly full now. Um, the only person that they've not yet found is Toby Maguire. Oh no! Now, once they have found him, they will use the Ares Six rocket that Don Cheadle found to ascend to orbit. Dock with their spaceship and head home. Okay, it'd be absolutely fine. They spend days looking. Oh, so the ship that exploded was only like the. That was just that. Was, that was their Ares Five launcher, their current mission. Okay. But they're thinking how Mark Watney thinks, and like, oh, there's that other rocket there waiting for you know four right. years from now. Or I whatever. see. Okay. So yeah, they know what their backup plan is essentially. Okay. Yeah, so they spend days looking for Toby, um, but they never find him. Okay. They eventually give up as it's been way too long for him to survive in just his suit and. Mm-hmm. They've checked all near bases and rockets that he could have potentially gone to to survive a bit longer. They've given up on him completely. Mm-hmm. They're just going to abandon Tobey Maguire. So they take off, head for their ship in orbit. And as they reach orbit, something hits the ship. <gasps> it's Tobey Maguire. What do you mean he hits the ship? Like, he just smacks into it? Like... Yeah, he just smacks into it. Turns out he was caught in an updraft in the storm. Okay. And his parachute was caught in an updraft. Okay. And it sent him up and higher into orbit. So and he's just it... been, like, dead orbiting the... He's just been he's just been floating around in space. Due to some miracle, he's a, he's actually still alive he's after a, a few after a few days of okay. having no food or water, and being in space in a spacesuit. Okay, sure. Okay, um, I, I don't know. Let's just ignore the logistics and science okay, here because okay, I clearly okay. messed up. Okay, but anyway, they establish radio contact and uh, he shouts to let him in. Mm-hmm. They say they can't do that on this ship, but they'll tow him to the main ship. Okay, um, sure. So he just essentially hangs outside of a rocket <laughs> for a while, like a gremlin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they dock and uh, they all get in. They then detach the other ship and then let, start letting him, him in through the airlock. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the captain says that she can't believe that after this significant of an accident has happened, and against all odds, nobody's died. No, wow. This is amazing. At that I'm exact, sensing a butt. At that exact moment, Tobey Maguire, he, well, he floats into the airlock as, as he's supposed to, but due to his extreme malnutrition, mm-hmm. he's just not aware of anything really that's going on. Mm-hmm. And before the outside door is closed and the room is pressurised, he ta- he makes the mistake of taking his helmet off too early. Oh, no. The end. Oh, is it, does it just cut to black as is like... <laughs> Pretty much, you yeah. See, like a bang or something. Like. Yeah, that sort of thing. Okay. Maybe it's a bit campy and it's just you see through yeah. a window and it just explodes in red or something. Yeah, I don't know. You just see the reactions from the yeah, people. Yeah, like yeah. That. It's good. Yeah, I think that would work in like a... I think the whole... 
whole thing was like a, co- a comedy. Yeah. Like, like I did. that's how you wrote it, like a Starship Troopers-y kind of thing. Like That's kind of where it went. Yeah. I mean, it's not where I initially wanted it to go, but No, I think that'd whatever. be, yeah. Because yeah. I say, if you've only got the one character, like, he's just fully on his own, but mm. if you've got, like, a group, they could, like, actually bounce off each other, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think that could work. Yeah. Oh, I was going to do a whole thing about um, them actually building this civilization on Mars and turning it into a city and maybe doing different plots there, and mm-hmm. perhaps they actually find Martian life or something, but no, this is just what it turned into. Okay. But, um, don't know if the title fits, but there is the Martian Two: Life on Mars. Okay, no, I think that's no, I think that's very much doable. Yeah, okay. it's completely stupid. Well, yeah. <laughs> I would have fun with it though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun, light-hearted sequel to a fun, light-hearted film. So. Yes, it is. Cool. Uh, Shall we get to some listener submissions? Yeah, we better had. Um, I've got a fair few. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I've got loads. Okay, so Rory Spence. Um, says the uh, the Mercurian, the Venusian. Yeah, I, um, I could I could do five more of these, but I'm sure you get the point. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I had to start with that one because let's be honest, we've had a few. Yes. <laughs> oh, and then Phil Better replied saying, But Rory, what's the story? And then Rory said, Man, science is the shit out of an inhospitable planet. And then moves on to the next one. Okay. Just travels across the solar system. Yeah, I like it. Um, Phil Better himself, uh, he says, It's five years later and there is another manned mission to Mars. This time they're putting space stations in orbit so they don't make the same mistake as last time. But something has awoke on the, on the surface of Mars. Something evil. Welcome to Ghost of the Martian. Oh, okay. I think that's a film. Yeah. Sure. It's a good yeah. title, anyway. Mm-hmm. Dante Pinot says, uh, years later, Earth sends another mission to Mars after noticing that the spot where Matt Damon's character was uh, seems to have changed. When they get there, they find that the plants, mostly potato, he had left there, have mutated and mingled with the machines that were left behind to create a strange mutated Mars garden. As they explore it, it starts trying to kill them. Maybe the plants take over the ship, and boom, we've got another thriller with a bit more horror this time to save the team from Mars again. Oh, okay, I like that. Like, it's become like... Uh, I was thinking about the plants that become, like, from Rocky Horror Picture Show or something. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like Seymour or something. Yeah. Wait a minute. Not Rocky Horror Picture Little Ship of Horrors. Little Ship of Horrors. I get so. mixed up, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, when Dante put this, I was thinking more Annihilation. Yeah, oh, that could work, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But either way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tyler Thornton, he says, uh, The Martians. This time, two astronauts are stranded on Mars. It's a man and a woman. They ended up having a kid together while on Mars, and they get rescued around her 18th birthday when uh, travel to Mars becomes a relatively easy thing that normal people can just do. So her parents decide to stay on Mars, but she travels, brackets invades, uh, to Earth for college, where she eventually meets a guy named Greg Fokker. Okay. Third film, Meet the Martians. Oh, God. A young man's first visit to his girlfriend's parents' house turns out to be more nightmarish than he could ever have imagined when he discovers they live on an inhospitable red planet. (laughs) (laughs) I like it just because it's so stupid. That was stupid. <laughs> James Ingram's got... Uh, this is a really good one here. Uh, Sean Bean, as a golf teacher, like in the epilogue, that's the movie. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yep. Yeah. I, I guess he dies at the end. Sure. I, I would like it if he did. Yes. <laughs> Sean Bean should die more often. I mean, he... What's going to happen when he actually does? It, no one's going to believe it. That's <laughs> going to be really weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he never will. No, he'll live forever. Um, okay, Sam Williams says, what about a film about the guilt Ben Affleck's character feels after realising he had just told Mark Watney that the best part of his day is the 10 seconds before picking him up and thinking that he'll knock on the door and Watney won't be there. Oh, uh, do you get that reference? I do, I do. I really yeah. like that. Okay, yeah, that's good, yeah. <laughs> um, initially, when I started reading it, I was like, Ben Affleck wasn't in this. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Daniel Roy says, get this, it's set in 3020. Mm-hmm. All humans have left Earth and most live on Mars. Okay. Matt Damon's descendant is on a final mission to collect artifacts from Earth, but a storm separates him from his crew, who are forced to launch their ship and head back to Mars. Matt Damon's descendant, played by Matt Damon, 
is left completely alone on a post-apocalyptic Earth. He survives by growing avocados. Nice. Yep. The Venusian. It's basically The Martian, but on Venus, starring Matt Damon. After years of training astronauts, Mark Watney gets bored and rejoins the astronaut program. He is chosen to be one of the first men to land on Venus, and boom, he gets left behind again. And this time, there are aliens who are very hospitable and allow him to stay with them. And all he wants to do is phone home. Okay, interesting. Isn't Venus, like, super hot? Uh, which one's Venus? I think it's, like, further away. I feel like it, Venus is, like, too hot to live on. I might be wrong. Uh, I don't know. I forget which planet it is that's closer to us on the sun side of our orbit, if, if that is Venus or not. But if it is, I believe that you can live on, like, the uh, the, the horizon. What, what do you call it, the horizon? I don't know, but just on the edge. Okay, sure. So you're not in direct sunlight, but you're also not on the dark side of it. Okay. I, I think. I don't know. Okay. Um, Does that change as it orbits? Like, the bit that's in exposure? I'm to not sure. I might be getting my planets mixed up, but there is one of the planets that actually orbits... Kind of the same how the, how the moon does. Mm-hmm. Like, one side always faces us. Okay. And so of that planet, one side always faces the sun. Ah, uh, okay. So there is literally a bright side and a dark side. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Mm. Science facts with Harry. Yeah. <laughs> Can't tell you for a fact which planet that is, though, so mm. not great science. Mm. Um, Yoan Davis-John says, Matt Damon versus Martin the Martian, Dawn <laughs> of Justice. Okay. Establishes a cinematic universe nice and early. He says he wants to establish that he doesn't mean Mark Watney, he means celebrated actor Matt Damon. Okay. With all the skills he learned from the characters he's played fighting Martin the Martian on Mars. Who's Martin the Martian? Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah. Isn't that Marvin the Martian? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, sorry, he wrote Martin, but... Okay, I'm pretty sure it's Marvin, but sure. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, actually. Anyway. The Martian 2, Trouble in Paradise. The same movie, but it takes place almost exclusively in Hawaii. How's that work? It's from Stuart Mac- um, McCone. Um, he's stranded in Hawaii. No one knows he's there. I mean, Hawaii is not that difficult to get on and off. Unless everyone else left Hawaii. It's just him. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe you can coincide it with that one set like a thousand years from now. Everybody's left to Mars and he's the last one. happens to be in Hawaii. Mm. He's just having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Vamsi B says that the Martian meets Thanos and they science the shit out of farming. Okay, is that just, something Faust has just made an interest in? Farming? Yeah, just make, like, make loads of crops, I guess. And sure. at, the, at the end of Infinity War, he's on a farm or something. I don't know. Okay. Justin A. Sullivan says, The Martian 2, back in the habit, which Always I like. Good, yeah. But then somebody replied, actually, The Martian 2, back in the habitat. Back in the habitat. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good, yeah. I'm really happy with that. <laughs> Scott Taylor says, They get to Mars after the snap, and Damon has turned to dust, and the whole mission is a waste of time. The Thanos snap. I, I, yeah, um, that. Or the farming one, I like that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Simon Monk Tripman says the obvious answer is going to be different planets. Oh, wait a minute, we started with this one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there it is. Okay, very good. What have you got? I've got a few as well. Okay, so uh, again, Adam Capitano said the Venusian. I think we've had that already. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Liefering said Matt Damon goes back into space to explore an asteroid, but he has to overcome his d- distress at how much it looks like a potato. <laughs> nice. Very good. Yeah. Vanessa Riley said the Martians. Three Martians are stranded on Earth. Survival isn't an issue, but the culture shock is huge. So. <laughs> David Rollinson said, The Martian 2, send him back. <laughs> Clearly not a Matt Damon fan. No. Uh, Jed Jong said, uh, The Martian, bringer of war. Our return expedition to Mars finds that it is home to Mars, the god of war. NASA should have seen it coming. So. I'm sure, yep. Maybe, I wonder if it's Mars, the god of war, as played by David Felwes in the, the Wonder Woman mm. films. So. <laughs> David Handloss also said, The Martian 2, finding the way to Uranus. Oh dear. That one writes itself. <laughs> uh, Nick Denny. Men are stuck on Mars, women are stuck on Venus. <laughs> Alright, that's good, I like that. Yep, sure. 
Walt Williams, also probably clearly not a Matt Damon fan, says, Matt Damon lands on the sun. It's a short movie. <laughs> wow, a lot of hate for Matt Damon. Yeah. Uh, See, this is what I was expecting from you. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the last couple of years, Matt Damon's popularity has taken a big dip. He's made some poor choices, but I don't hate him. Sure. Uh, in Balsinai said, The Martian 2. Matt Damon returns to Mars to prove that you can also grow poop tomatoes and not just poop potatoes. <laughs> Proving his poop French fries with ketchup theory. He wins the Nobel Prize at the end of the movie. Nice. Oh, great. Nice. Over to Twitter, at Cecil Hops says, After his gaming skills apply to Mars, we learn that some bacteria were left behind and due to the radiation it mutates and becomes aliens. It's a prequel to Mars Attacks. Ah, okay. That's good, yeah. Uh, at Quiz and Hers said, 15 years later, NASA are establishing the first permanent Mars base and pull Mark Watney out of an idyllic retirement to lead the mission because he knows more about surviving long-term on Mars than anyone. The film follows him and a young, hotshot crew struggling to survive the harsh environment and each other. Everything that can go wrong does go wrong. Until, in the end, twist, it turns out Watney was sabotaging the mission the whole time and killing the crew members in accidents to ensure Earth never colonised Mars. Mm, oh, so they make Matt okay. Damon the villain. Yeah. That's good. It's probably just going to be called The Martians in the great tradition of pluralising sci-fi titles such as Aliens, Predators, etc. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, Foss Starts Pod just said, The Martins. Matt Damon's time on Mars has warped his face. He now looks like comedian Lee Evans. <laughs> and he's married to Kathy Burke. The sequel is a low-budget, early 2000s British dramedy that nobody but me seems to remember. So I guess that's... Do you, ever, do you remember The Martins? Nope, never heard me of it. Never, but yeah, apparently it was a thing. Uh, we Watch Anything, at We Watch Anything. The Merman. After an undersea drilling platform collapses and the escaped submarine is jettisoned to the surface, a lonely marine biologist and veterinary surgeon, played by Jesse Plemons, mm-hmm. i.e. Meth Damon or Fat Damon, depending yep. on when you're talking about him, yep. uh, is left at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Upon realising that he won't be rescued, he performs self-surgery and gives himself gills. Soon he adopts to life <laughs> under the sea, living off krill and cultivating phosphorescent plants for light. When he is eventually rescued by a complicated manoeuvre involving pulleys, he is brought to the surface, where he spectacularly and explosively repressurises. It's a tragedy. I love it. Wow. I, I love it. That was places. great. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Jesse Plemons. Can't catch a break. <laughs> uh, Bloatbusters at Bloatbusters said, I don't honestly have a suggestion for this one. However, I do like to think that Matt Damon ends up becoming the next flex tape guy and becomes a viral sensation. I think flex tape, it's a YouTube guy who like does loads of crazy stuff with duct tape. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Blokebusters also says, having said that, I think a film where we see a future mission is being secretly sabotaged by Matt Damon, so nobody ever has to go for what he did again, will be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. That's stupid about that idea. Yeah. Title, No More Martians. Mm. Uh, and finally, One Good Thing at One Good Thing said, this could legitimately just be Interstellar. So, <laughs> yeah, so same thought process as me. Yep. And yeah, those are our list of submissions for this week. If you have a sequel idea for Interstellar or any film we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast. You name it, we're on it. If we're not on it, let us know. We will get on it. You can also find us at beyondtheboxset.com or on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just search Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set on Twitter. We're, our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash Beyond the Box Set. And we have exclu- exclusive merchandise available at tpublic.com. Again, just search Beyond the Box Set. Mm-hmm. And Harry, what's happening next week? Do we have a guest? Yes, we do, John. Next week, I've got a guest on. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, as uh, you may have heard from the start of the episode, I've helped start a network, Pave Media, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we actually just accepted our first new podcast. Cool. Um, it's a podcast called Fake Nerds. Fake Nerds, okay. Um, they do, well, they, they seem to just go through pop culture news mm-hmm. um, of the week, and they do it 
exceptionally well. Okay. So I'm very proud to have them join the network. And uh, yeah, I thought I'd help introduce them by having their main host, Brandon T. McClure, come on. Okay. Um, I may mispronounce the surname then, don't know how, but... McClure. I'm sure he'll correct us next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's going to come on and do a film called John Carter. Ooh, exciting. Another Taylor Kitsch classic. Yeah. yeah. Who? The guy from Battleship. Oh, the, the main character from Battleship? Yeah. Ooh. The main actor from Battleship, yeah. Ooh. He put him in like three really expensive films in the same year and they all bombed and he was never seen again. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why they thought he was good. They just thought he was going to be the next big thing. Okay. I think he was on like one of those TV shows like, uh, I don't know, what's that one where everyone's a vampire? Not Buffy. True Blood? True Blood. I think he was on like True Blood or something. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I was see. like, he's going to be the next hot Tom Cruise superstar. And then it was like, oh, mm. no, he can't act. Lovely. <laughs> lovely. Um, cool. Okay. Well, everybody join us next week for Drunk Carter. Mm-hmm. Bye. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, see you. Wow. Sorry. I took an ill time to drink then. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that again. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't think I think that's a great time to end. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Well, bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What's wrong with you? I hate every one of you.